morning, church. Welcome to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for first realize everyone's equal. I think as we are entering into the second Sunday of November, are you one that is proclaiming, you know, where, where does the time go? How, how does time fly so fast? Or are you one that's lamenting, why is time traveling so slowly? How you wish 2021 is over already? But regardless, whichever camp you are in, as we gather today, both on-site and online for the Sunday service, may we indeed just calm our hearts, quieten down, and focus on the now, where we gather together to worship God. Let us now prepare our hearts with a call to worship. We are now just waiting for the words to come out online so that we may prepare our hearts to your call to worship. Hungry for meaning, welcome, welcome home. home. Thirsty for purpose, welcome, welcome home. home. Yearning for comfort, welcome, welcome home. home. Burning for challenge, welcome, welcome home. home. Ready for learning, welcome, welcome home. home. Eager for serving, Welcome, welcome home, home and welcome, welcome to, to worship. worship. So as we prepare our hearts with a to join the worship team together with a time to worship, a reminder to people on site, we are still not allowed to sing. But for people at home, please sing out to your heart's content. Let us now join the worship team together.
Let us now join our hearts together in a time of prayer. God, indeed, everything is in your time. As we continue into the second year of this COVID pandemic, we continue to uplift the entire world into your hands. We pray for those countries where the virus is actually uh, hitting waves three, waves four, and when there seems to be no end to this. We continue to pray for wisdom for the governments, whether is it through vaccination or through other means. That the health of the people may be protected. Even in Singapore, where the deaths hit the double digits every day. And sometimes it doesn't seem to hit close to home. Yet we know that with every death, there's a family mourning. A family mourning the loss of their loved ones. We uplift those who are in the ICU, both the old and the young, the vulnerable, to this virus pandemic. God, as Singapore continues on the path of reopening to other countries, we lift up those who are foreign among us, who have not been able to return home in the past two years. No matter whatever situations their family is facing back at their homes, We pray for peace. We pray for calmness in their hearts. And we pray for love and compassion for us to treat them. For indeed, this pandemic has exposed the social injustice and the weakness in our social infrastructure. We pray for those domestic helpers who even on their day off may not be allowed to go out. We pray for the migrant workers who are kept in their dormitories with no space to explore and really just like being kept imprisoned in a way or another. God, Even as some of us may prepare to go on with our year-end holidays, travelling out of Singapore, or preparing for the Christmas period ahead, we continue to uplift the marginalised community onto your hands. God, we also uplift at this moment Pastor Miak's mother, who is currently in hospital, Though we do not know what the actual uh, situation she's in, we know that this is causing anguish to him and his family. We uplift both Pastor Mia, his mom and his family into your hands and pray for your healing hands to be on them. 
We lift up all this in the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. To kingdom come, your faithfulness is unfailing. Though shadows turn and tempers stir, still you, O oh God, are unchanging. Through every
Indeed, great is your faithfulness, O Lord. Good morning, church. My name is Gary, and today we're going to be continuing with the fifth of our six-part series on becoming. We're going to be building on what has been shared over the last four weeks that began with us looking at the parable of the sower from Matthew chapter 13. In that parable, Pauline talked about how God is the one who sows the word of the kingdom of God extravagantly to all of humanity, regardless of the condition of the soil. The word of the kingdom is essentially who God is and who we are called to become. And that can be encapsulated with the three ideas of being love, life, and light. So as God is love, life, and light, we too are called to be love, life, and light to others. And so this word of the kingdom is sown into the soil of the world, and that represents the hearts of all humanity. And each one of us needs to pay attention to the conditions of our soil, our hearts that receive this word of the kingdom. And then we looked at the experience of becoming in our second week together in this series. How we will encounter resistance when we become love, life and light to others because of that fear response in us and in others. We should always be aware what motivates our responses in these situations and also have wisdom of what we can control, what we can focus on and build our resilience anchored on certain hope in Christ. Two weeks ago, Yerk uh, shared about another part of the experience of becoming, and that is waiting. Waiting is a part of God's plan and becoming, and God will take care of us during this season. And he encouraged us that when the waiting ends, that God has a task for us to bring love, life, and light into a particular situation. And last week, Miyak shared that our extent of becoming is the extent of our revelation of God's love and grace for each and every one of us. He talked about grace being the process of God loving us into becoming more and more Christ-like. And as we are loved into becoming and have a revelation of God's grace over our lives, we too are able to love others into becoming. And that's why a core part of this ability to become is to first be able to forgive others. If you have missed any of the previous week's sermons, I do encourage you to catch it online. I promise you that binge-watching this and filling yourself with the Word is much better than maybe um, spending time on Squid Game. <laughs> so, for those who did listen in, I would like to ask you to share with us what were your takeaways so far from this sermon series? And if you're joining us live this morning, please take out your phones or open up another window in your browser. And you can submit your responses anonymously by going over to menti.com and entering the code 9011-8753. And this is a great way we can all build and contribute to today's sermon together and you can have your voice heard. So let's take a moment to look at some of your responses that you have shared. God is with us at every moment, indeed. 
After sowing, just wait for the seed to sprout. We are sowers as well. Forgiveness and accountability, they go hand in hand. Slow down, listen more. Waiting, an order from Food Raven. We're going through a season of waiting like Elijah. So please continue to allow your contributions to come in. And please do look and, and read what others have to share about their takeaways on this series of Becoming so far. We have been learning about the journey and experience of becoming. And this is critical because in the past few weeks, we've also been reflecting the reality of where we are as a church. We have been preparing and shaping our plans for the coming year. And it's very important as part of that process to understand where we are today. For each one of us, where we are, who make up this church community. So we asked for your help a few weeks ago to answer some questions in our annual Pulse survey so that we could hear from you about how you're feeling about your own spiritual growth at this moment and about your engagement with others and ministries in the church. And first, I want to say a big thank you for everyone who responded to our survey request this year. We've been actually doing this survey for the last five years and it helps us to chart our collective journey of becoming. And this also helps us to plan how we can support one another and create the right conditions and environment for us to grow in the coming year. So here are some of the highlights of the results between the responses this year and where we were two years ago before the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. So this first chart that I'm showing here is about our faith individually and how many people actually agree with these st statements that we had shared and how this has actually changed this year versus two years ago before the pandemic. I have to say that while these responses may not be completely representative, they do highlight that for many of us, the past two years have been really tough on our spiritual growth and our growth towards becoming. You can see that there are actually many areas here that have declined, especially in the areas of our worship and prayer life and how we are developing ourselves. So it's not any surprise that when we look here at the next chart, let's see if I can bring that up. Okay, I think that there is an error of the chart, so I do apologize for that. Um, I'll keep it on the previous one, and I promise that you will get a link to the, the slides. As a church collectively, we actually have another chart that actually talks and does the same analysis as the body of Christ. And we've actually seen a very similar trend in the progress or the lack of progress we have made in becoming as a community. And as a faith community, we have struggled to be the church with restrictions imposed by the pandemic. We actually see many areas of decline, especially around community life and being able to grow spiritually and serve in areas that matter to us. And it feels like, as Yerk has shared two weeks ago, that we've all gone through a very long collective period of waiting, just as Elijah did 
when he was limited in his ability to do his ministry because it was a dangerous time for him and had to be in isolation, as many of us feel like we are today. But like Jürgen encouraged us that the waiting will end and God's task remains the same for us to become more Christ-like so that we can become love, life and light to the world around us. Today, I would like to encourage us around Psalm 84 to reflect and recognize that we are all on this journey and how that this journey that we are on is really an invitation to a pilgrimage. And this is for us to grow spiritually, individually, and collectively as a church, as part of a journey of becoming. So let's read Psalm 84 together. Now, we can't sing together, but we can all read Scripture together. So can I invite all of us here who are present and live, and maybe even you online, let's read this passage of Scripture together. Psalm 84, verse 1. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts! My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young. A place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Thank you, church. This beautiful psalm is often known as the psalm of pilgrimage. Writing about the experience of the pilgrimage that Jews would take to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. Each year, crowds of people would make this pilgrimage to remember God's provision in the wilderness of waiting and to look prophetically forward to what God was going to do in the future. They would journey from different parts of Israel and make this pilgrimage to the holy city to worship at the temple, to encounter God, and to be with one another. So let's take a moment to understand what a pilgrimage is and how do you think that this is different from any other journey. Can I invite you to share what you think about this on Menti? The whole idea of a pilgrimage is, you know, not just reserved for the ancient Jews. One type of pilgrimage that we may be familiar with is the ones that Muslims take, the Hajj. It is an important part of their faith journey to go on the Hajj at least once in their lives, to take this pilgrimage to Mecca. So let's see what you are responding and what you are sharing about you, what you think is the difference between a pilgrimage and a journey. So one of you says that it's different because the process allows you to reflect on God. Indeed. Second, it allows you to seek deeper meaning. Yes. It's a spiritually intended form of journey. That's right. Spirituality is involved. 
the process is more important than the destination, a process of faith and reflection. Indeed, pilgrimage is God-focused, journey is man-focused. That's right. Get an opportunity to mediate, connect, reflect, and contemplate. The process is the purpose. Thank you all for your responses. It's very true. A pilgrimage is different from any other journey because it is both an internal journey as well as an external journey. It is both an individual journey as well as a journey that is taken together in community with others. So in the case of the Hajj, what we see is that, as it's very similar to the ancient Jews, they undertake this pilgrimage as individuals, but also as community. And they take this journey not just with their feet, but also with their hearts. And if you look throughout the Bible, we actually see the call to pilgrimage embedded in all Abrahamic faiths, including Christianity. And it begins first in Genesis chapter 12, where God calls Abraham to leave his house and journey to a land unknown. Verse 1 says, Leave your country and your kindred and your father's house and go on a journey to a foreign land. And so Abraham becomes a nomad. He leaves his land, pitches a tent each night, and the next morning they pack up their tent and they move on. And so this Abrahamic spirit is fundamental in our shared tradition. We are pilgrim people right from the very start. The story continues, if you remember, in the Old Testament in Exodus, which is essentially a 40-year-long pilgrimage. God's people are enslaved in Egypt, abused by Pharaoh, and God raises up Moses to bring them out of Egypt. And Moses leads them on an epic journey across the, des across the desert towards the Promised Land. Two weeks ago, we looked at Elijah's pilgrimage. He is called to speak truth to power, and that leads him to have to go into the wilderness to await his next task before returning to re defeat the prophets of Baal and restore the hearts of the people of Israel to God. So this idea of pilgrimage also continues into the gospel. Jesus calls disciples to leave their homes and leave all that they have known to follow him on a journey into the unknown. You see here in Mark chapter 1 that Jesus saw Simon and Andrew casting a net into the sea. And Jesus said, follow me. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And he said the same thing to the rich young man, sell everything that you have and follow me. And then to a tax collector called Levi in, Mark, in Luke chapter 5 and said to him, follow me. And he left everything and followed him. And in these three verses, we see Jesus' same command to leave everything to follow him. You know, the first disciples were also invited to leave the upper room, to be invited on pilgrimage. And there was one that they were going to undertake not just with their feet, but also with their hearts. They were going to leave behind the familiar and the safe and the known and journey into a place and a future that only God could envision. For these pilgrims, the journey starts with the willingness and the act of leaving behind the world that is known so that they can embark on the journey of becoming. A pilgrim 
pilgrimage, when you think about pilgrimage of transformation, it first does require us to leave what is familiar behind so that we can set out on a journey together that will lead to a process of becoming within and of becoming together. And so we see down through the centuries, people have gone on pilgrimages in order and as a response to walk away from where they were so that they can walk into a new chapter of life. But the first requirement is that we are willing to let go of our old selves and allow God to bring about growth and transformation in the process. There are some pilgrimages that we take that are shorter than more obvious, like when some of us went to Israel as a church or to Taiwan for the Amplify Conference back in, seems like a very long time ago when we could travel. But there are some pilgrimages that are less obvious, like the one that you're on when you first decided to follow Christ, or the one that we are on as FCC collectively, that began when God brought us together as community 18 years ago. Sometimes it's hard to remember this, especially when we look like we have been going nowhere in the past two years, right in the middle of a pandemic. And as we approach 2022, I think it's really important to stop and pause and reflect and start looking prophetically ahead to where God is calling you and me and us together in our process of becoming individually and collectively as this body of Christ. So this is not just a journey that we are on as a church, but also one that we are undertaking both individually and together. And when we recognize this, like you said in your things that you shared in the mentee, we don't need to wait to get to a destination like Mecca or Israel to have an encounter with God. Instead, we will encounter God right here and right now. And that's what makes this process sacred and special. Pilgrimages are not easy because it calls us to leave what is comfortable and what is familiar behind. Like those that have gone before us, we are going to lose control. And that's a big deal for so many of us. We're going to go to, through uncomfortable and uncertain times where we have to face our own brokenness and the brokenness that we have with one another and our brokenness with God and amidst the brokenness that we're seeing in the world around us. We fear that we will end up wandering around and getting lost. Are we still heading in the right direction even though we feel that things are at a standstill? How do we know that we are even on the right path? And here's where I want to encourage us around Psalm 84 and what it teaches us around the passion, path, and purpose of the pilgrim, especially as FCC prepares for the coming year of our pilgrimage together. So we're going to look at four areas today. The passion of the pilgrim, the promise for the pilgrim, the path of the pilgrim, and the purpose of the pilgrim out of Psalm 84. And let's begin first by looking at the passion of the pilgrim. Psalm 84 and verse 1 to 2. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts! My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out, 
for the living God. What is this thing called a tabernacle? Some of you might recognize that a tabernacle is actually a place of gathering where the presence of God is. And in the Old Testament, this refers to this tent that the Israelites would travel around with. Each place that they settled as a community, they would set up this tent where they would all gather and come in and meet together to be with one another and to worship. Now, in the most innermost place in this tent, there was a place where they kept this chest. And inside this chest, the Israelites kept three things. The tablets with the Ten Commandments, the pot where they had used to collect the manna that had come from heaven, which fed them, and the staff of Aaron that God used in many of the miracles of their journey that protected them from the enemy. And above this, you can see that there are two cherubim, two angels with wings facing each other. And the Bible tells us there was between these two angels that there would the presence of God be. And that's where God would then speak to them and speak to Moses. And today, the representation of this tabernacle is this house of God, the church, the ecclesia. This is the place where we gather like the Israelites gather to encounter God's presence together. And Scripture tells us here that the hearts and the souls of the pilgrims are passionate to be in the presence of God in the tabernacle. I wonder if we can say the same thing about ourselves. How passionate are you for the presence of God in your life? Do you have a passion for this house where we are called to gather and worship? Some of you might not have been in this house for the past two years. Do you still have a passion to encounter the presence of God together? And so, of course, one of the problems that we have faced over the past two years is the limitation for us to meet together physically. And now, as you have experienced firsthand, when we come together, we can't even sing and we have to be ushered out after the service and we can't fellowship together. Of course, we are grateful now for the ability and the convenience of joining the online service, but we need to find ways both in our mindset and in our spiritual practices to move from attending service online to imagine what it could be like to be the church together despite the physical limitations. During this period of waiting for this pandemic to end, will we be like the disciples who left the upper room on their pilgrimage, who continued to seek opportunities to come together, to worship, to pray? Will we continue to have a passion for how others encounter the presence of God by being the church where we can and, by, and where we are? You see, the pilgrims weren't just concerned about going to church each Sunday. Their heart was to be the church for others. Number two, the promise for the pilgrim. So verse 3 goes on to say that even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are you who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. So why was there such passion for the house of God? 
Verse 3 gives us a clue. And it says that even the sparrow has found a home and a swallow a nest for herself. Now, the Bible is not actually suggesting that we set up a bird park here. But you see, the sparrow is a very, very small bird. The Bible says, has got many, many verses that speak about this seemingly insignificant verse, this insignificant bird. Like in Luke chapter 12, it says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why? Even your hairs of your head are all numbered. I think mine's going down quite rapidly. Fear not, you are much more valuable than many sparrows. Amen. You see, the promise of this community is to be a space where people can find belonging and find a home, especially for those who think that they are small or insignificant or in the minority or marginalized. But how about the big swallow? You see, swallows are a picture of restlessness, always unable to find rest, unable to find and feel safe and always at a lookout for danger. And the promise here is that this community will be a space where people who are not able to find a place of rest, safety, or peace are able to find it. It says here that those who dwell in this house will encounter the presence of God and give thanks to God. That is the promise of the house of God, to create a place of belonging, a place of rest, safety and peace. And that's why there is such passion for the house of God. But not only that, third part, the path of the pilgrim, from verse 5 it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. God doesn't just promise a place of belonging and rest, but also a place of growth and transformation. And that's where our strength comes from. The Hebrew word baka, from the valley of baka, means to weep. And baka refers to a type of weeping tree one that drips resin or this fluid-like gum to the, uh, the, to the ground. And it looks like tears. And baka trees have somehow they found the ability to grow in very, very harsh conditions. And so the valley of baka is actually a very dry, very arid, desert-like region where these weeping trees tend to grow. So the psalmist is actually using this idea of baka, the valley of baka, as a symbol to illustrate a very difficult, challenging, or sorrowful time in life. So while we are promised rest and belonging in this community, the path of the pilgrim is not easy. It is a guarantee that we will experience heartaches, sorrow, persecution, challenges, weeping. So I wonder... What would you say is your valley of Baka in your life right now? I shared three weeks ago 
um, that my valley of Baka has not just been this season of waiting for the pandemic to end like so many of us, but also languishing as a process because of the breakdown of relationships during this season. I had a vision for communities across Asia to gather and work together towards a witness of equity, inclusivity and diversity. And that seemed to be on standstill. And worse still, the people that I used to work with are no longer there to work with me or encourage me. This is my valley of Baka. And for you, you've shared that includes your relationship with your mum, the difficult people and the environment around you, going through nightmares, endless separation from each other, relatives' relationships with your family, feeling stuck, that's languishing, and feeling left behind, fear of the unknown and loneliness, feeling like you can't integrate into church community, uncertainty in the outside life, and being unsettled in your emotional life. Oh, well, thank you for your vulnerability in sharing your valley of bakas. Some of you said that your valley of bakas is your relationship with your mum and feeling stuck, having less connection. There's a theme running on here in terms of that broken relationships and that standstill. But let's return to Psalm 84 and see what the psalmist shares about the experience of these pilgrims. As the ancient Jews travelled to Jerusalem to worship, they would pass through this weary, weeping place. But in the end, instead of their strength failing, verse 7 says, they will go from strength to strength till they each appear before God in Zion. Do you see something very interesting here? The psalmist says in verse 6, just a verse before this, that as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. So this to me means that the people that were on pilgrimage together were involved in improving the situation. As they passed through, they made it a place of springs. It tells us that with the presence of the pilgrims walking through and journeying together through this valley of weeping and tears, with determination and courage, they are able to make it a place of refreshment and hope. But the second part of this verse goes on to also say that it was not because of their own efforts alone, but also because of the grace and favour that they receive. God sends the autumn rains that also cover the dry valley with pools. Can you imagine being in a parched desert covered with pools of water? Not just a few drops to you know, satisfy your thirst, but abundant pools of water. And that is the promise of provision and overflowing, even in a time and even in this desert of weeping. If you feel like you're walking through this desert of weeping and tears at this moment in your life, I want to encourage you, as God has encouraged me, to know that God will send the autumn rains and cover this desert of tears with pools of water. And I pray that that's a word for some of you in season. And as you take every step on this pilgrimage with determination and courage through the valley of Baka, 
you will make it a place of refreshment and hope, not just for yourself, but for others as well. This is our path as pilgrims. And so, we've looked so far at the passion of the pilgrim, the promise for the pilgrim, the path of the pilgrim, and finally, we will close with the purpose of the pilgrim. You see, as pilgrims, we are not simply wanderers. This pilgrimage of ours is not just away from our old ways, not solely for our own encounters with the presence of God. Verse 7 reminds us that the pilgrims go from strength to strength. Each one of us appears before God in Zion. And so our journey actually is towards something very specific. We are headed somewhere. We have a destination and the, Israel's call, the, the Israelites call it Zion, which is their promised land. We are seeking the city which is to come. And likewise, our pilgrimage journey is towards God and towards this idea of Zion, which is Shalom. Shalom is the culmination of becoming. Shalom is the wholeness and completeness that God is moving you and me and all of creation towards. The destination of becoming is Zion, where all relationships are restored. Whether the relationship is between us and ourselves, us and God, us and one another, or us and creation. The journey, whether it is the journey of Abraham or Moses, Jesus' disciples or the ancient pilgrims, has never been simply about travelling across point A to point B. Every journey of pilgrimage has always a true goal in mind, a destination in mind. And that's what drives the inner journey of transformation and the outer journey of restoration in the process. When we are sown the word of the kingdom of God, God's love, God's life, God's light, and have a revelation of it, we are transformed inwardly. And then when we reflect God's love, life, and light to others, we are restoring shalom outwardly. And that is that journey, that pilgrimage of becoming. And today, Jesus invites each one of us on a pilgrimage of becoming. Today, God calls us to embrace new life. And that means to be able to let go, to leave behind what has become our reflex, our comfort zone, our fears, what we can control. Today, God is inviting us individually and FCC as a community as we prepare for 2022 to ask God, where are you leading me today? What are you asking me to leave behind? What are you asking me to change? And so if God is speaking into your heart today through this sermon, will you share one area of your life that God might be asking you to leave behind, one area of your life that God is asking you to change. I'll start off. For me, God's been really speaking to me about my focus on just doing and not pausing and not being, and especially not being with people. I hope you will share some of yours. Some of you have said, 
self-protection and self-isolation. Yes, we need to let go of that. Let go of guilt and shame. Absolutely. In the presence of God, we can find ourselves and be renewed in our identity so we can have a revelation of God's grace and then we can let go of that guilt and shame that we carry. Self-doubt, pride, obsession with busyness, amen to that. Trusting God with our hearts and leaving our fears behind. Being afraid of how others see me. Focus on getting things done. I hear you. Rather than the people involved as well. Letting go of worry, selfishness and hatred. Falling back into old patterns. Letting go of grudges and hate. Porn and sex addiction. You know, a lot of people have become addicted to different things just to cope over the last two years. The familiarity of sadness and being afraid to have hope and becoming pessimistic. It's almost better to not have hope sometimes in order not to be disappointed, right? But that's why we are reminded God is faithful. In every season, there'll be a time for joy and weeping, but in every season, our God is faithful. As we close, I want to share four responses generally to how people respond to, this, to God's invitation to this pilgrimage of becoming. The first response is a group of people who prefer to stay and not go, whether it's with their hearts or whether it's with their feet. In other words, they want to remain where they are, stay shut to what they know and what they can control, to ignore pilgrimage altogether. Some of us who fall in this group are not willing to leave the upper room because we're simply tired, afraid, feeling unworthy or inadequate. So I want to call this group the prisoners, just to be given a, a term for it. But I want to say to you that God wants to speak to this group and wants you to know that God is the breath of life. And the same creative spirit of God that breathed life into the void of the world wants to breathe new life into you and to me. The spirit wants to do a new thing, a new work in you, for you to encounter God's love, life and light once again and to fill you with authority, ability, and to animate you to go. The second group of people that you may find yourself in undertakes the pilgrimage of the heart, but remains with their feet in the same place. And this, you can imagine, it could be a monastic order, or in the case of us, those of us who are open for inward transformation, but prefer to pursue God apart from community. They don't want to be a part of a group of people to journey together. I want to call this group of people the ascetics. And to the group of ascetics, I want to speak these words to you. God wants you to know that the Holy Spirit is the fire of Pentecost that brings people together regardless regardless of background, the Holy Spirit and the fire of Pentecost 
is there to bridge differences, to find unity, and to actually help us to recognize that we grow most when we journey with others around us who are least like us and allow them to speak into our lives. It's tough. We much prefer to be on journey with people who know us, understand us, get us, mirror of us. But our growth happens when we are with people who are different from us, who can teach us. The third group of people are a group of people who undertake the pilgrimage with their feet, but not with their hearts. And so they participate as a tourist to be led on the journey physically, but they're not open to undertake a spiritual journey inwardly. And I like to call this group the tourists. Whatever you say that the church wants to do, we will do, but it's all in action without that spiritual inward transformation. To this group, God wants you to know that the Spirit of God is your helper, your parakletos, the one who will help you in whatever situation that you're in. And as you allow yourself to be open to the Spirit, the Spirit is a gentle counsellor, the one that will teach you, remind you, guide you into God's truth and help you. And I encourage you to be open to that willingness for the inward transformation to happen. And finally, the response of the fourth group of people are those who are willing to undertake pilgrimage both inwardly with their hearts and outwardly with their feet. This group allows God to transform them and transform the community that they are part of to become what they are called to become. And I want to call this group the pilgrims. And I hope that we will all make a decision to become pilgrims. To this group, God wants you to know that the Spirit of God is the faithful one who fills you with power. And that power is a source of God's truth, revelation and wisdom. And wherever you are, God wants to heal you, refresh you and awake and grow the gifts that He has given to you, even though it might be in seed form today. So I wonder, where are you finding yourself today? While we're all invitation on invitation for pilgrimage, we might find ourselves as a prisoner today, as an ascetic today, a tourist, or as a pilgrim. You know, in two weeks, we are going to be having our annual general meeting, or AGM, for the church. That's going to be on the 28th of November. This is a meeting that we hold each year at the end of the year. And we do it together with the members of FCC, not just to decide on who the leaders um, who have made a decision to step forward to serve on the board of the council of FCC, but also to reflect on where we are on the journey of becoming and where we are heading in the coming year. So I want to encourage you that... Um, whether you're a member of FCC or not, or thinking of still making FCC a part of your faith community, you're very welcome to join us. I encourage you to make yourself uh, present you know, and participate in that. We're going to do it both on-site and online. Um, allow yourself to see the plans that are being shaped together. Have a voice during the meeting and let's build this church together. So, um, thanks for those people who have responded.
But I just want to give you the details. It's going to be at 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. Uh, on the 28th of November. So I'll see you there, hopefully. We're also coming to the Advent season in two weeks' time. Pauline has been uh, coming up to share about our upcoming Advent season, uh, Advent series, uh, which is called uh, Letting Your Life Speak. And one way we can start learning to become community to one another is to share and give thanks for the areas where God has provided us and we can be grateful for, even in this difficult season, but also to share our struggles and to allow ourselves to encourage one another. And whether you find yourself today as a prisoner, an ascetic, a tourist, or a pilgrim, I pray that you will share your story and allow yourself and us in the process to become the community that God is calling us to be. So I want to close um, with this quote from, bro from Brother Curtis Elmquist, who shared from this book, Life as a Pilgrimage, which is the title of this sermon, as an encouragement to each one of us. And he says, Jesus is the inspiration at the beginning, the companion along the way, and the fulfillment at the journey's end. Gone ahead to prepare a dwelling place for us forever. Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega and the Way. For us followers of Jesus, life on earth is not incidental. Life is sacramental. Outward experiences of inward graces. Every step of the way. Our quest is to learn to pray our lives, to practice the presence of God, which is the way of the pilgrim. We are pilgrims in life. Would you join me in a word of prayer? God, we thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you for the heart you have for this house, FCC, who you called to come together and walked with and led for the past 18 years. Today, you're calling us to remember that your heart for this house is that it will be a place that will draw others to you so that they can find a place of refuge and safety. And God, as we plan the year ahead, and as we look to an unknown future, God, please guide our paths. Help us to remember how you have led us the past 18 years and that you will still lead us, still, just as you have led the Israelites as the pillar of cloud that shielded them by day from the heat and provided them with food to eat as well as being the pillar of fire at night that kept them warm. And God, so many of us in this season are languishing in this valley of weeping and tears. God, help us know we can walk on with courage and determination, knowing that you, O oh God, will send the autumn rains to cover the parched desert with pools of water. And God, as we walk through the valley of tears, dwelling in your presence and your strength, we too will make this valley of weeping into a place of refreshment and hope, not just for ourselves, but for others as well. God, we know that it might not be tomorrow or next week, but that 
this will, season will end and that the autumn rains will come and we will have the resources that we need to tie us through. And in it and through it, God, you are still working within us and helping us to become the people that you are calling us to be. God, I pray that we will be pilgrims who will commit to the journey of becoming, fulfilling your purpose of restoration and towards shalom in all the world. Remind us that as we let go of fear and uncertainty and as we lean into courage and vulnerability each day, you will meet with us and walk with us as we walk with one another. As we walk with one another. Whenever we stumble and fall, God, and God, you know we will and continue to, help us to be reminded that you, O oh God, are our strength, our sun, and our shield. And that we are blessed because we can trust in your faithfulness and abiding love and promise of life and light in our lives. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people say, Amen. Church, would you respond with this song of worship with me? Leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fall of our devotion like their
me the clues that they discover and the memories they uncover become the light that leads them to the road we each must find oh may all who come behind us find us faithful may the fall of our devotion light their way may the footprints that we leave lead them to we live in spot them to obey oh may all who come behind us find us faithful oh may all who come behind us find us faithful oh may all who come behind us find us faithful As we prepare a time for communion, um, may I invite those who are at home to prepare the elements so that we can all uh, partake of this meal together. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are all not physically together. The table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. The cross is two lines intersecting. The cross is where sorrow meets joy, where pain meets healing, fear meets faith. Death meets resurrection. Hate meets love. This table is at the intersection where two lines meet. This table is the declaration that love is stronger. Love is stronger than hate, stronger than death. This table where we break, break bread is the table of love. The center from where love flows this table is one of awareness, awakening, of forgiveness, of reconciliation, of salvation, of love. With grateful hearts, we break the space of history to share in your vision of sharing at your table, where all are equal, all are free. We ask you to bless this bread and this cup. Through this meal, make us the body of Christ that we may join with you in promoting the well-being of all creation. Amen. We remember on the night when Jesus and the disciples had their last meal together. Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it.
He gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body which is broken for you. Take and eat it, and as often as you do, remember me. In the same way, he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to the disciples. He said, Drink this, all of you. This cup is the new covenant poured out for you and for many. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I invite the students to please come forward to distribute the elements of which we are all uh, partake together. God bless these simple elements. So they nourish and strengthen us in body and in spirit. Let us partake the elements together. you to stand in body or in spirit to join in this prayer. All together. Lord, Lord make, make us, us instruments, instruments of your peace. Where there, where is, there is hatred, let, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you.
Thank you, Gary, for the sermon. And as I was reflecting on the sermon, uh, this quote kind of come to me. It says that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I think indeed during these two years of COVID pandemic, a lot of us find, find ourselves isolated and seem to think that, you know, well, life seems perfectly fine just, you know, being alone. We don't need a community. But as we look back at the faithfulness of God in the past 18 years for FCC, you do realise that, you know, it is those people from then that has built FCC to where it is now. And it is up to us here to continue to build FCC for those that follow behind us. So indeed, uh, I continue to encourage us to respond to, respond to Gary's sermon, uh, to really uh, continue on this journey of pilgrimage together. But... Uh, as I was listening also, I was thinking about the passion. And you know, whenever we hear about passion, we think about excitement and like, uh, what? Just pure excitement. But I always remember that passion in the Bible actually means to suffer, to bear and to endure. So if, I, if we are inviting you to come on a journey with us, you know, to suffer, to bear and to endure, would you continue to join us? But indeed, I think being followers of Christ is really not a... It's, it's really not a smooth journey ahead but as we all experience as we all experience God's love I think in response to God's love you know we should really gather together and really travel on this uh, yeah path of patience and endurance together so indeed uh, welcome everyone to the Sunday service of Free Community Church where free stands for first realize everyone's equal uh, now we have come to the collection segment of a uh, oh before the collection, I need to welcome people first. Uh, if you have, if you are new to us today, whether on site or online, or you are just if you join, or you have just joined us for the past couple of Sundays, indeed we welcome you. Welcome home to FCC. If you'd like us to get to know you better, and we'd like you to get to know us better, you may fill out the form at fcc.la/welcome so that uh, one of our staff may reach out to you. Uh, we have a newcomers meeting every last Sunday of the month. If you are interested to join us to find out about FCC's theology, uh, to find out about FCC's leadership, or to volunteer in any areas in church, uh, please send an email to info at freecomchurch.org. Uh, as you know, the church cannot just yeah, survive on passion alone. So finance is also a very important aspect of our church, of keeping the church going. Uh, this is a middle of almost the middle of November already, and gives us only one and a half month uh, to reach our target uh, to meet our budget at the end of the year. So if you like to give, you may give by pay now to both the FCC General Fund, which pays for the salaries of the staff of the church and the general upkeeping of this place, or the building fund uh, for the mortgage of the church. You may also give by credit card at freecomchurch.gift.asia. Uh, please note that uh, giving via this channel will incur an admin fee and not all, the, all your giving will come to us. So... Uh, for those people on site, if you'd like to give uh, by dropping some donation into the offering bag, uh, just raise your hands and the stewards will come to you. Let's just now uh, give thanks for the giving. God, indeed, you have been faithful to us, both as individuals and as a church community of FCC. And in response to this faithfulness, sometimes, you know, we 
claim that we are tired, we claim that we are bogged down by other areas in our lives. And we just put you on the back burner. But God, regardless, we know that you are always there for us. God, continue to instill in us a heart of generosity, a heart of compassion, and a heart of love. So that indeed, FCC will continue to shine as a beacon in this dreary world and whatever that we can give, whether in times of money, in times of effort, in times of just emotional support. May you continue to guide us and give us strength and remind us that this is indeed just a short while in this long period. And as we look back into this period, we may see your presence with us all this time. We uplift everyone and everything into your hands. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Now uh, we'll come to the announcements. The first announcement, as Gary has mentioned, is the AGM. AGM. Annual General Meeting, yes. Our AGM is going to be held on 28th of November from 1.30 to 3.30pm. Uh, if you are members of this church, a link has actually been, an email has actually been sent out to you and there's a link actually sent out. So if you are friends of FCC, uh, don't worry, I think uh, one of the announcements, one of the bulletins where actually we will send out the link, you're welcome to join us online. Uh, this Annual General Meeting is actually for us to uh, look reflect back on 2021 and look forward to 2022. And we ask for you to join us because we want to have your input to let us know that as a whole, as a community, where do we want and where do we want to see FCC move forward to. So do join us, do keep your time free, uh, 28 November, 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. for the AGM. If you are new to us or if you are not that new to us but you do not have a cell group and you like to look for a group of people to join together, uh, to come together and walk together in journey, you may join us at the brand new cell group which is about to sprout. As you can see, it's about to sprout, meaning that the name of this cell group is called Sprout, which comes from seed. If you are interested, uh, just draw an email to info at freecomchurch.org. Someone will reach out to you for you to join this cell group. World AIDS Day service. World AIDS Day service is coming soon, so uh, FCC, I mean, not a lot of churches in Singapore actually, you know, commemorate World AIDS Day, but FCC as the inclusive church, is, as the only inclusive church in Singapore, we actually commemorate World AIDS Day. So if we would like to invite you to record or write a message to support the people living with HIV, uh, you may submit your message uh, either by scanning the link, uh, no, scanning the QR code or going to the link at scc.last/wad2021. Uh, the deadline for the submission is 22nd of November 2021. Uh, as Gary has also mentioned, uh, our Advent is coming and this Advent series, we are going to embark on a series that says, Let Your Life Speak. Uh, we are all we are all protagonists of our own life story. So if you'd like to share your life story with us, uh, uh, whether struggle and gratitude, uh, around these Advent themes of love, peace, hope, joy, or any other aspects of the Christmas story that resonates with you and you like, and you are free to share with others, uh, you may also scan the QR code or you can go to fcc.la slash life-speak. Uh, there's more information there for you to find out what this entire series is all about. And then you may also uh, participate by going to, the, going to that link. Now we invite uh, Gary to give us the benediction.
Would you rise as you're willing and able to receive the, the benediction today? The benediction is from Ephesians chapter 3. I pray that out of God's glorious riches, that God may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, together with God's people, will be able to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love surpasses knowledge and understanding. And that you may be filled to a fullness of God who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to God's power that is His work within you. To God be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Go in peace and go in love. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, church, for joining.